Hello, you're very welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of the Final Whistle.ie League of Ireland podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Callan, and I'm delighted that you are here to join me once again. Here's who we have on this evening's programme. Taking over the reins at Longford Town is Gary Cronin. He joins us here in the studio, and he's going, we're going to talk to him in just a couple of minutes. Following that, we're going to have Daniel Lafferty, who's going to talk to us about Derry City season so far. After that, we'll be talking to Final Whistle.ie correspondent and reporter, Dear McCarney. And after that, we'll be talking to Alana Canan also of Final Whistle.ie. So to take us into our first guest, here's Gary Cronin of Longford Town. Gary, you're very, very welcome to the programme and uh, thanks for joining us this, uh, this evening. No problem, Kieran. Yeah, good to talk to you. Yeah. So unfortunately, you had what was a delay by the weather and then all of a sudden you had your bye week. So you really yeah. kick off in earnest this weekend. Um, you've had two weeks extra on the training pitch. How's that been going? Look, it is it is what it is, Kieran, and um, we actually had that discussion last night on the training pitch that the players are so eager to get going. Uh, football is all about competitive uh, games and three points at the end of the at the end of the match. So we're eager to get started. It's all about the league. Um, so Saturday night, we're really, really looking forward to. It. We were obviously disappointed that the game against Cove was called off, but it, ultimately it was the right decision. Nobody can control the weather, so um, pitch wasn't playable. We had to move on, and we were just unfortunate the way it fell for us because the following week. We didn't get to start the season either. So, look, it is what it is. We're past that now. We've had, as you said, you've got to take the positive out of a couple of things. And we had a couple of injuries that, you know, maybe back on time for the weekend. So, that could be the positive for us and, um, you know, add to our squad. So, look, hopefully we get off to a good start on Saturday. We'll just ready to go now. Do you think also it's given you time just for your coaching philosophy to kind of be instilled that a little bit more? that um, you've been given that little bit of extra time just to kind of instill what you're really looking forward to on that first game against Cork City? Yeah, look, I mean, we would have been ready against Cove, obviously, but look, at this stage of the season, for a lot of the clubs, not just uh, not just ourselves, you've new managers, you've new players, new groups, and the forming of a team takes time, Kieran. So, yeah, of course, yeah, you, you have loads of, uh, a couple of extra weeks, more sessions to embed what way you want to play, but the game is unpredictable sometimes, and um, there's, there's certain things that we have to uh, learn, uh, we, we, you know, while the, while the games are on. So we look at ourselves and go, nothing's going to be perfect the weekend. Uh, we'll obviously go try and win the game. So we'll Cork. Uh, we're hoping to win the game, of course. But even at the end of that, whether whether we win, lose, or draw, nothing is um, is uh, we haven't arrived anywhere close to where we want to be because that takes time, uh, which is understandable. But look, uh, along the way, you have to be picking up points and wins and, and, and so on as you get there. But yeah, if you're, you're talking about, you know, patterns and, um, and style and, and uh, philosophies, you know, it's a, it's a buzzword, obviously, in football. But the way you want to play, basically, um, I have new players. I'm getting to know them. They're getting to know me. We've had eight weeks doing it now. So, um, we, you know, we're well on the way. But there's a hell of a, a long way to go as well. So that takes time to form and build. And um, hopefully along the way we pick up, uh, you know, valuable points to make sure we're in the race come, obviously, the stage of the season when we need to be in the race. Have you been watching, you know, LOI TV has been a, has been a great thing for, for a lot of people. But for yeah. yourself as a manager, you know, you've been able to go back and look at games and you've been able to look at your opponents kind of in a, in a much more in-depth way. And also that brings, obviously, the... The video analysis, which I think has mm. been kind of a, a big revolutionary, so to speak, in, in terms of, of football over the past couple of years. Do you think you have, I wouldn't say a handle, 
but do you think you have an idea of how teams are going to approach each other? I know it's very early doors, but you, you're kind of getting a sense of what people are about. Yeah, the the video analysis, as I say, is, is it's a key tool now in the modern game. Um, a lot of managers and coaches really, you know, can't go without it. <laughs> you know, they, they, they feel <laughs> naked without it. So, yeah, look, uh, it, it's a tool that helps. Uh, it's one of many tools that's needed to try and be successful as a football team. But I always look at it, if you find with international football, obviously there's some teams that are the best teams in the world, no matter what. But I always find when you're watching international football, it can be nullified quite a bit because every association have the top analysts in the country and um, working for their association and, and obviously more than one. Um, we have a fantastic one in the FEI, obviously, and uh, I, I know our our one are doing very well. And they analyse each other to the hilt in, in in relation to you know individual movements. You know what stages of the game they do certain things, and quite often I always find when you're looking at the results, a lot of times you see international football then or as scoreless draws or one all draws because the both teams are so prepped on each other. It's nearly, it's nearly become predictable, um, even though the game obviously is unpredictable. So, yeah, from that point of view, every coach and manager, video analysis is key. It's great. You have to have a look at the opposition, try and, you know, have a look at what's coming your way. And obviously the opposition are doing that to ourselves. But look, I mean, it's it's one tool, uh, Kieran. There's many things that uh, go along with it as well. And obviously, you know, uh, individual mindsets and, and team mindsets are, are, are big as well. But yeah. Looking back, that's what we do, isn't it? Like we play the game, and the first thing we want to do after ten minutes is look back in the game. You know? <laughs> that's just part of modern football, and uh, and sometimes you know the first people to look back back in it is is, is Twitter followers and not the, not the, not the coaches. That's yeah, how we, easy it is to to, 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 to access the uh, the video footage now. But yeah, it's a it's a key uh, it's a key tool in the modern game. Without you know, obviously you came here from Bray Wanderers. Circumstances changed there, but you're. F- I read in an interview that your formative coaching, you know, your playing and your coaching was all in Longford. So in some respects, you've left Longford, you've you've developed, a, how would you say, you've developed experience and now you're coming back. It must be yeah. a very exciting time for a club that you have given so much to and they've given so much back that you, you get to give to them again. Yeah, um, I've always enjoyed and loved my time with Longford Town as a, uh, Particularly as a as a, you know coach and a system manager, you know, love It's all about playing. Obviously, enjoyed my time as a player there. But I came in under Tony Cousins, and we were there for a good chunk. You know, seven seasons, I think it was, and learned a lot um, uh, on the coaching ladder with with with, uh, with Tony Cousins and and uh, obviously Longford Town. So yeah, the advantage for me coming in now as manager is that I'm sort of not getting. The, the the board, the chairman, the board, most of the people are there from when I was there before. So those personal relationships were built and they're there and the foundation is there. And there's a lot of trust uh, amongst both yeah. parties and so on, which can take time if it's just a brand new board. Uh, yeah. That can take more time to build. Um, so look, there's a, there's a huge amount of respect between yourself and the club. Uh, it goes both ways, which, which, is, which is great to have. Look, now I'm the manager or the head coach or whatever you want to want to call it these days. It's of the club, so it's obviously different different types of pressure. Um, I loved being a player there. The coaching was great, and now obviously I have the responsibility of managing the team. So, uh, yeah, it's a progression that I've gone through with with, with Longford, which is which, uh, which is great for me. So, just looking forward to the season now, Kieran. So, mm-hmm. we can dig our teeth into see see how we develop over the course of the next few months. 
it's a club that I've always said that like from my times going down there as a reporter and as a supporter before I I got into media, it's a, the ground. It's fantastic, you know. It's it rivals some Premier Division clubs. It is, I think, always think the mid football in the Midlands has got huge potential if, if someone just grabbed it. If that makes sense. Yeah, um, and there's a lot of people in, the, in in our football club that have the same train of thought as you there, Kieran. I know there is um, there is future plans. Listen, we hear that in football all the time. Obviously, we do, we just want to see them come to fruition, don't we? You know, the FBI have their strategy plan now for the next three years. And you know, please God, all those um, key milestones are hit, and and can achieve what we're looking for. Longford Town, no different. There's definitely forward planning there. Um, Location-wise, right in the middle of the country, they can attract players from north, south, east, and west uh, if they've got the right facility there. And I know there's plans um, there to try and achieve that. But if you just look at now and what what, what the club have right now, yeah, as you said, the, the 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 facility or the 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 stadium rivals a lot of. Um, uh, Premier clubs, it's it, it, it's 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 really really good, and it's been like that obviously when I was there as a player. But they're always looking to improve things down 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 at the football club, uh, which is great. And um, yeah, all we need now is uh, is underground heating. Now, let's just say that to the groundsman so we keep the snow off off the pitch. Uh, <laughs> that'd be nice. But it, like everyone that drives by, anyone that's you know traveling from Dublin to Mayo, will always say that's some stadium on the way down to. In, just on the outskirts of Lamford Town, so yeah. Look, um, hopefully now for the for the for the future, yeah, they can they can uh, achieve the, the the plans that they may have in place. It'll be great, but it'll only be for the good of football in the country. You've made some key signings for this season. I, I I hope you don't mind me picking one of them out. A player who's played in both New Zealand and in 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 uh, also in Poland. And Eric Malloy, he came back to play for Waterford last year. Is now signed with yourselves. A player yeah. of that experience who's played maybe away from away from Ireland has come back, different coaching philosophies as we spoke about, different kind of training methodologies and stuff like that, but and also an attitude to the game that might be different in different countries. That that's valuable experience when you're going for, as you say, um, what hopefully would be a, a a push at the end of the season. Yeah, like uh, as as Bray Warner's manager, I actually tried to sign Eric a couple of times. Um, as you say, he's a, a huge amount of experience, a very good player. But look, we, we spoke about that when I tried to sign him here for um, at the start of the season. Obviously, I did sign him. Is the amount of different, you know, sort of we mentioned philosophies at the start, but he, he's just seen so many different uh, different things while he's away. Obviously, Paul, New Zealand, and um, you know, one of the biggest things that Eric would say is that you know the facilities out there are, are second to none in, in 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 these countries that have football as a number as their main priority and the development of football as their main priority so um they're wanting for nothing and you know sometimes we have that battle here of you know we're short on on facilities and so i'm not talking about the football club i'm talking about us as an association or as a country we always want more fans always want better stadiums to go watch football you know um you know what's more inclusive for 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 men women and children and families and so on um want to drive that on but from a player point of view if you speak to Eric uh, and other players that have been away um, you know the athlete wants for nothing when they're when they're at these um, uh, football clubs which is something that we need to strive towards mm-hmm. and, and try and get as a as a country and develop our own um, athletes and, and professional footballers in the, in the country which will you know take time but we should want to get there but yeah Eric's experience obviously he's he's, he's, he's 29 30 now huge amount of games under his belt and as you say brings a different type of you know train of thought 
uh, particularly when he's talking to the young lads back in, in, in training, seeing so many different things and different ways of doing things. So, which is really good. Very, very good professional Eric is and um, looks after himself physically. Um, you know, always eats the right things after training. He, he sets a good standard yeah. that, you know, young players will, 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 will feed off. But, and also that I always say with these players, Kieran, that, you know, that's great that they have that experience. That's great that they can, um, they can be someone for the young lads to look up to, but they also have to produce, um, you know, and they have to produce at, uh, at, at this level continuously, week in, week out, to continue to play. And, you know, just because they have that experience, if they don't uh, produce the way they should, you know, they may not be playing. But the reason why they get that far is that, you know, more, more often than not, they, they can produce good performances. And, you know, um, great attitude Eric has. He's one of, you know, the majority of the group, the whole group, sorry, it would have really really good attitude so yeah. um yeah um delight with eric brilliant and it's it's always very important to have a good group and a good cohort uh, i just want to go into the final couple of questions there's okay. a lot of talk about in the first division about the you know the supposed big three and i say supposed because i don't want to be disrespectful to any first division club you know there's been a lot of talk yeah. about waterford galway cork but you know, you obviously are in. You're you're an ambitious young manager. You've you've done really really well in 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 terms of what you've done so far. You know, what are your expectations at this moment in time in order to match this supposed big three? If not putting too much pressure on you to answer, but I, yeah, I no, don't know where yeah. I'm coming from. <laughs> Look, come here. That's that's the game. Like you know, yeah. I mean, if if you're one of those three football clubs, let's be honest. They're 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 full time. They've they've come out and said they're full time football clubs. Uh, generally, when fo- uh, football clubs in the first division of the League of Ireland come out and do full time, you know the expectation is that they want to get into the Premier to do full time in the Premier. You know that's what they want. I mean, Waterford got relegated last year as a full time football club, and I was delighted to see that they remain full time. They didn't go backwards and say, "Right, we're actually getting relegated. Let's go part time and and, um, and 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 take it from there." It's like, no, no. Their intent is to try and get get, get back up and win. Uh, Galway were full time last year, like you know, but. Speak to John Caulfield. He knows how di- full time or not. He knows how difficult it is to try and win the league and get out of this division. Um, so, but look, one of the things I always say to my players is like that's what other clubs have. But we have to deal with what we have and um, and our resources and whatever they may be. And quite often, our players need to be need to be more professional than the full time players because they have their work, they have their college, whatever else they have um, to deal with, uh, and then try and compete against full-time football clubs and 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 part-time football clubs to try and win matches at the end of the week it's 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 difficult for, but from our point of view look at this stage like i was saying you at the start of the call here on it takes time to really know where your group is going to go um you know there's no question we want to be competitive there's no que- what do we what do we want of course like you know every club that's in the division will have aspirations going yeah i'd love to win the league you know, but we have to have to get there to a certain um, certain stage first. Of right, what's what's realistic for ourselves here? Like you know, and realistically, you know, and I'm I'm nearly sure there's nine teams in the league. And there's five spots there. Obviously, the winners and, and four playoff spots. Everyone's going to be vying for those that top half of the table, uh, and we're no different. Uh, and we're confident that we can get there. Uh, but we'll know a hell of a lot more after 10, 12 weeks, won't we? 10, 12 games uh, in. Uh, whether you know, you know, we're in that position where we can challenge those um, top three or you know the perceived full uh, full time teams, but that can bring an added pressure to those teams, you know, because obviously the expectation from their football club is that you you got to win this league, but three of them can't win it, 
So, you know, we had that last year in the fourth division. Obviously, Shells done actually well to win, well to win the league. Galway came second. You know, probably two of the teams in it that would have had the most resources. And then Cork were full-time last year. And they didn't, yeah. you know, just about... I think if the season had it went on much further, they, they would have got their side in and into the playoffs. But they didn't make the playoffs last year. And their expectation is obviously to, to, to try and push that one further again this year. But my point on that is, is that all three of those clubs last year didn't end up in the top spots. You know, Cork were the one that didn't last year. But, you know, it, football is... Football is football, you know, and yeah. at the end of the day, when we go out and have 90 minutes and, and, and like I look at last year in our playoff semi-final against, we were playing against Galway, two-legged affair, it was so tight, you know, and, you know, the expectation from everybody, and, and it wasn't from the Galway um, management or, or players, they knew they were in for a tough game, but the expectation from everybody on the outside was Galway and uh, anyone outside Bray was that's an easy an easy way into the yeah, point for Galway, yeah, and uh, you know we knew it wasn't going to be John Caulfield and Galway knew it wasn't going to be, um, and that's the way it turned out. There was a hell of a battle, and 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 we pipped them. So you know, once it gets into those stages, one team's going to win the league, but once it gets into the playoff stages, Kieran, it's you never uh, know what's going to happen. Cup, it's it's cool it's cool football then. Yeah, listen. Gary, thank you very, very much for your time. It's been great to talk to you. I wish you the very, very best of luck this weekend against Cork and hopefully we'll have you on again maybe later on the season. Absolutely, Kieran. Listen, thanks a million. All the best to you. No too. problem. The best of luck to Cheers. you. Cheers. And care. that was our... And that was Long for Town manager Gary Cronin, who uh, we're delighted to have him on this this evening. Our next uh, guest on this evening is Danny Lafferty, the Derry City footballer, who's in to talk to us about their season so far. Danny, um, plenty of experience. It's great to have you on the programme and thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Kieran. Looking forward no to it. Problem. A massive win over Shamrock Rovers last Friday evening. I think uh, the entire country was jumping up and down, which is when that last minute goal went in, followed by a nil-all draw with Sligo Rovers on Monday night. Danny, it's been a it's been a very very solid and good start for you this season. Yeah, I think solid is probably the, the correct word to use. You know, um, obviously to get the result on Friday night was um, was brilliant, uh, and um, so in the first three games we've. We're unbeaten, um, two draws, and then obviously that great one on Friday. Slightly probably disappointed not to follow up the win on Friday night with another home win at Sligo, but um, it's probably a little bit difficult, you know, after the emotions of Friday being so high to try and go back up to them levels so mm-hmm. so quickly. Uh, after the game on Friday, was we was proved a little bit difficult for us. Um, but nevertheless, you know, five games... Or five points out of the first three games are a pretty difficult start for us, you know. So we're we've got to be we've got to be happy overall. Uh, you came back from England firstly to Shamrock Rovers, where you signed initially, and then you've moved on to Derry. From the time that you left in 2010, 2011, if I'm not mistaken, was that when you moved over to Burnley initially? How much has the league progressed, and how much has the standard of football progressed since the time that you left to the time you came back? Yeah, that that's a question I get asked a lot, and it's quite it's quite a hard, difficult one to answer because in that time football's obviously evolved quite a bit. In that, yeah. um, you know, like I think back to the two thousand and ten eleven season where like we never done anything tactically. Not tactics didn't really occur to us. You know, it was okay. basically it was put your eleven Go players. Play. It was it was put it was yeah it was your your eleven versus their eleven, and 
generally well hopefully your 11 comes out on top you know whereas now it's there is a lot more tactical uh, aspects to the game you know a lot more um there's a lot more kind of um, video analysis put on it and things like that like that that's that's when I compare back to the 2010 season technically that wasn't really available too too much you know obviously now uh, it's a lot more accessible um so I think there's a lot more tactical aspects um that have improved uh, over the years um which you know makes it a little bit difficult in that sense and the standard of player I would probably say you know especially the young players that are in the league um is extremely high high standard you know um I think back to whenever I was there again there was it wasn't it generally wasn't a young league then it was a kind of late 20s mm-hmm. you know some players in the early 30s kind of league it was a you know, felt like of the men's league. You know, yes. now yes. up around the league now. There's a number of clubs have you know so many players under the age of twenty three, under the age of twenty five. You know, that's pretty much the majority of their squads. You know, so I think, like I say, in time, in in then ten years, kind of football has evolved and the type, ty- the tactical aspect, and then you know, technically as well, they're they're uh, at, a, at such a young age, they're they're uh, able to compete at that level. Um, you've made some key signings in the postseason. Um, Will Patchings arrived in. You would have played with him before when he was on loan. Um, with with uh, from Dundalk last season. Then he went back. You also have Patrick McElhenney. You have Michael Duffy. You have Cameron Dummigan, Just to name, just to name those. They're exactly the kind of players. Now I know that for for Michael and for Patrick, it was it was coming home, so to speak. But they're the kind of players that. Derry City need in order to compete with the likes of Shamrock Rovers for for at the top of the league this year. Yeah, well, we hope so. We hope so. Um, listen, it, we all know that they're they're unbelievable players, you know, but um, they're also great people. Like it was important they bring the right personalities back into the club, you know, um, and you knew you were going to get that with the likes of uh, Patching and uh, Fats and Mickey, and obviously from Rory knowing them and knowing what kind of persons people they are. So I didn't was, want to call them Fats and Mickey because I know them well, as that as well. I didn't want to call uh, them by their nicknames straight away. That's known throughout the country. Uh, um, but no, as I was gonna say, it was it was it's great to have them have them boys back in, and you know you can say we've got and there's rollers that came on too, you know, Mary Smith and Cameron Domigan, Shane McLennie, Patrick's brawler. Um, you know, all great lads, great around the place, great personalities, and not to mention of the top top players. You know, so it is. It's great to have them them guys uh, on board of us. Um, we obviously see day in day out the quality that they bring, and even in the first couple of games, you know, um, like we we haven't seen the fans and yourselves haven't seen Mickey yet. You know, he's picked up a little bit of an injury through preseason, but. Um, he shouldn't be far away again, but uh, so it's exciting. Like you know, what I mean, I think that's that's the kind of buzz that's kind of back around the town. Um, is it exciting? You know, you seen you seen in the in the numbers that the fans turned out there on Friday night. The place was absolutely rocking. Like it hasn't. I haven't seen the brand well like that in a, a number of years. You know, so you know by the manager obviously making them them signings. You know, it's created that little bit of a buzz again back about the city, and um, you know, it's like I say it's exciting to be a part of it. 
Rory Higgins is a dairy boy at heart. I know Rory very well. He's 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 a cracking guy. You know, he he was acting dark and then he went to the Republic of Ireland. Now he's manager at Derry. Um, he always by from people speaking to me about him, he's always had that kind of managerial trait about him. Um, he he had that in him as a, even as a player. What qualities does he bring? to the job at Derry City because I always say the Derry, Derry City job is really kind of like a melting pot. It's a really, really, you know, high tempo kind of pressured job. So what does he bring to it that, uh, that endears you to want to play for him? Uh, like you say, he gets it, you know. He's, he's, he's even though he's from Nevada, he's, he's an adopted Derry man. Um, he, he just, I think he just gets it. He gets what it means to the people up here. He gets what it means to um, us local players who, who, uh, who want to play for the club, you know, um, and, you know, he just, he's, he's, he's the top manager, you know, he, he's obsessed with the game, he, he loves football, he, he, like you say, it's a bit of a melting pot where like, it doesn't stop up here, you know, he's constantly, he's constantly either invited to something or doing something or involved in something or, you know, it's, I'm sure he's, has, uh, has days every day or, or non-stop until he goes to bed at night, you know, or whether he's on the phone or off the phone and that, I think he just, you know, when people and, and us as players, like we've bought into it, like you know, we've bought into it. That's important as well that we've we understand, you know, collectively what it means to people up here. You know, um, like I say, it's been about starved of success or anything, anything like that over the last number of years. So us as players, um, local or, or even the boys who've came on, uh, who aren't local, they've very very quickly they've they've realised. You know what it's like up here. You know and what it means to people. Like they, they can't go to the shop without getting noticed anymore, and that like you know, you're a bit of a like they are like almost like little local celebrities. Like you know, like mm. it was stuff that they find to be but probably daunting to start, and then you know they're going they're like they're going for their, their grocery shopping, and then there's kids asking for pictures and all this here. You know, as if they're like big <laughs> local heroes stars. now. It's great to see though. No, I know it is. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it really is. Us, and also, obviously, players want to actually uh, want to obviously hopefully deliver that to the fans, you know, and keep them keep the buzz about the place, and and hopefully bring some success to the to the to the city. Speaking of you know success to the city, like you only saw the potential of the scenes last weekend when when that last minute goal went in. It seems to me that you know a lot of chords have been struck right now with the fact that Rory's manager, the returning of some certain players experienced players like yourself it seems like there's just the right combination and the city has bought into it yeah well you've seen that with the the number of season tickets that the club have sold this year which is fantastic um so obviously the fans obviously were excited by the signings um and even towards the back end of last season you know they were coming out in their numbers again when they could, when they were allowed back into the stadiums um and obviously the qualif- qualification for Europe this year or was massive in that as well so, um, like, 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 I'm harping on again. We are saying that the about the buzz about the place, but it really is. It's um, it 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 is really exciting to be about to be um to be at the club at the minute. Um, you're away to Shelburne, a side that um hasn't hasn't got hasn't won a game yet, but by all accounts, their performances have been quite strong. So you're not going to be taking this this task lightly when you go down to the capital on Friday evening. No, absolutely not. Um, like I said, we we played Shelburne in pre-season, um, uh, and it was a very difficult game, very difficult game. Um, so we know exactly um, 
what to expect, you know, high energy, high press, uh, high pressing team. Um, and I know them obviously the manager, I'm sure, knows uh, their manager very well, so he knows what way he's going to have the team set up, you know. Um, but obviously, like I say, we've had our had a decent enough start ourselves, so we'll be looking to kind of, you know, kick on again, um, uh, and and hopefully get a good good uh, performance, which will lead to a good result. You know, it, it's been a probably a long time since you know Derry City fans have uh, been able to go to Topa Park and uh, you know kind of relive their their nineties years of uh, Derry and Shelburne clashes and that. You know. Um, so I'm sure there'll be there'll be a good uh, away support coming down as well, and you know it's going to make it of a of a very good very good game. Listen, Danny, thanks very much for taking the time to speak to us, and uh, hopefully we'll be speaking to you later on in the season. But for now, thanks very much, and the very very best of luck on Friday night up in Dublin. Cheers, thank you, Kieran. All the best. No problem. Thank you. And that was uh, Dan Laverty, the Derry City um, defender, who talking to us today. So we're going to go on to our next segment where we're going to be talking to Dear McCarney of FinalWhistle.ie. Dermot, it's becoming a bit of a habit now, but it's great to have you back on the programme. Thanks, Kieran. You, you keep having me back on anyway, so that's always a good sign. Uh, you're, you're doing that good of a job, I just can't <laughs> let you go, so... Uh, let's go through some of the results um, starting with uh, sorry just one second that's perfect starting with uh, what's happened just over the past couple of uh, games Bohemians and Dundalk drew last Friday evening Derry as we were just talking to Danny Lafferty there uh, defeated Shamrock Rovers Drawdy United lost to Shells Pats and uh, St. Patrick's Athletic won Sligo Rovers 2 which was another big kind of shocking result I think Pats were expected to win that one and then nil all between UCD and Finn Harps I think all eyes were on the brandy wild the scenes afterwards. It's kind of like a sign come from the from the footballing gods that we're in for a really good title race this year. We are, Kieran. You know, I suppose we when we started talking on the podcast originally when we were previewing the season, I did mention we were looking at Dundalk and Derry as being the two teams that were going to challenge Shamrock Rovers this year, and we've already seen it that Derry can put them to the pin of their collar and even beat them in the end. Now, obviously. The goal that won it, when you look back at it, you know, Lopez is a fantastic defender. He's probably one of the best central defenders in the league, to be honest. The mistake that he makes is one thing, but the way that that McGonagall turns around and takes the ball and then puts it in the net past Manus, the way he beats the two defenders and scores it, that was phenomenal, the scenes afterwards as well. There is a, a real buzz around Derry. You could see it. Their fans that night were really getting behind the team. It's always been a sport that's been key to them as well of course it's named after Roy McBride as well a former Derry player that passed away and you can see the there's real community when it comes to that club and definitely they're going to be a title contender obviously you know they you were talking there to, to Danny and you mentioned that they they drew on on Monday night they couldn't really bring their performance back now they could still they're still in in the race you know they're only a couple of points behind Shamrock Rovers of course in first and Shamrock Rovers are playing Dundalk this week, so you know they could always be dropped points. It's it's not been an easy opening couple of weeks no. for Shamrock Rovers, but um, definitely the likes of Dundalk and Derry, who we both mentioned at the start that they could be title contenders, have certainly lived up to the bill. There will definitely be a buzz around the the league this year. It's not just going to be a one horse race where Rovers are going to run away with it and win by twelve or thirteen points in the end. There's definitely going to be a lot a lot of a lot, sorry, of twists and turns and everything definitely coming up shortly, to be honest. 
Uh, we'll go to match week three, which was Monday evening. Um, I'm, I, I have no problem in saying this. The lucky hat was what the reason why we won against Finn Harps. And that, that hat's going to make a debut now in, in the in the showgrounds now on Sunday or Saturday night. But listen, Bohemians bet St. Patrick's Athletic. That's, um, that was a big result for them. They needed to get a win under the, under their belts. Derry City drew with Sligo Rovers. Dundalk winning 3-0 against uh, Finn Harps despite going under the cosh for the first 30 minutes of that game. It was it was very, very tough for them. UCD drew with Shelburne and then Shamrock Rovers bet Bratton United 3-1. Um, if there was a result that probably was um, a big telling, it was the Bohemians result, I think, because St. Patrick's Athletic had started off very strong and then all of a sudden they're, they're tumped right back down to earth by a Bohemian side and I, I saw them in that 2 all draw. They're they're very, very impressive and they're going to, once again, they're going to be taking points and getting scalps. I'm not going to say that they're underdogs or anything, but they're going to be getting points off teams at some stages that, in reality, uh, people would be expecting the big boys to win, the supposed big boys. Yeah, you know, you mentioned it there about the, the Dundalk game. Obviously, you know, they led twice or were brought back to earth by Dundalk on, on two separate occasions and, and they, did, they did impress that night. And, of course, then they went out another game at Daily Mount and did pick up pick up the win in the end against the Pats team who I suppose they're they're not where they want to be in the table uh, in terms of you know after three game weeks going into our fourth now where Joe they're near near the bottom of the table they don't want to be there they're a team that you know last year they were challenging for the European places they were challenging Shamrock Rovers at the top they want to be there but better Bohemians to their credit Bohemians have always been a good team they're strong you know they've lost some big talents in that team this year, but they've definitely gotten players as well. I mean, look at the the, the promise goal the, the last night. That was yeah, that was absolutely superb against uh, against Dundalk, and you know they they built on it. And you know when you look at some of the other results there, you know Derry and Derry and Sligo, it wasn't really a free flowing game. If if you look at Derry's performance against Shamrock Rovers on Friday night versus their performance on Monday, the, the the game as a whole on the two nights were completely different. It was more tough defensive football on Monday night. You know, Sligo were putting their players back. They weren't given the the space that Shamrock Rovers would have allowed maybe on Friday night. It was, you know, it was a, a dog hit nil-nil draw, to be honest. <laughs> um, not a game for the neutrals, but, you know, Sligo would be happy with the point. They still remain unbeaten in the league, as do Dundalk as well. Um you know, Shamrock Rovers had a point to prove, of course. They took Drogheda on and, and Tala and they picked up the 3-1 win. And Jack Byrne looked impressive again, as he has done since he's come back to the league. Graham Burke coming off the bench. I mean, you know, to see <laughs> to see Graham Burke coming off the bench, you know, not many clubs would be able to bench someone like him. And when he's there, he's not getting into that, 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 um, that Shamrock Rovers team. But they have looked a bit caught for that creativity. Um, mm-hmm. You know, trying to put a few past draw had a pretty bit difficult and Graham Burke came on and he looked razor sharp when he came on he had that little bit of a free flow football team that maybe Jack Byrne just doesn't have in comparison I don't know what way Stephen Bradley is going to be able to get them to gel what way his team is going to look at but you know we're, we're only three weeks in now they have looked impressive and obviously speaking of the, the name Stephen Bradley um, he that name is becoming synonymous now with Dundalk fans. Uh, a certain Stephen Bradley shining, <laughs> shining at Oriel Park and, and, and getting he's, two goals. He's on, a, he's on a year, season long loan. I think there was a lot of confusion after the game on for, on on Monday night. He's on a season long loan. However, the talk is 
that I've heard from 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 media sources that Hibernia have the uh, Hibernian have the the clause, so to speak, that they call it could call him back in July, if they feel that when it comes to July that he's that he's ready to go into their first team, they will recall him. But he's top goal scorer. He scored four goals in in three games. He just you can see that he's just a product of a very ta- now. I understand that you have to have kind of a natural talent, but you can see that he's been playing at a much playing and training at a much higher standard. And that's not disrespectful to anybody in the League of Ireland. It's just it's just the reality of the situation. He just looks like that kind of cut above. But the fact that he's only 19, I can't remember a young player coming into the league at that age and making such an impact. The last time, and I'm, I'm not sticking the Dundalk hat on here, but the last time a young player made an impact like that was Daniel Kearns in a Satanta Cup game in, in Linfield's. In, in the early 2010-2011 when he scored a hat-trick in Belfast. That's the only time that, you know, we kind of had that, wow, there's there there's this guy. But in this case, Bradley just looks like the real deal. But it's going to... But he scored against Derry City. He scored against Bohemians. It's going to be that game against Shamrock Rovers where we're going to see, you know, it, can he go that level or go again? Because Shamrock Rovers at this moment in time are, are, are the pinnacle. Johnny Kenny is another player. I apologise. I've just been reminded of that. Johnny Kenny at Sligo Rovers. Another cracking talent that just exploded onto the scene. So it, it really is a case that I know Danny, Danny Lafferty was talking about. It's become a young person's league. And in some respects, that, that youth and exuberance is really shining out. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's always great to see those young talents coming through. I suppose I can't think of young players off the top of my head that I've seen in the league and I've been, you know, wowed by. I've, I've seen a good few players and I've said, you know, these guys are are talents. They're definitely players to watch out for, for the future. And a lot of them are obviously still playing in the league and have done done so over the last number of years. But it's great to see that clubs in the league are also getting talents from overseas and they are bringing them in and they are using it. Now, Obviously, loans are great when you're bringing a player in, but with with the the clause that Bradley could be called back in the summer, that could be a massive blow for Dundalk, especially oh, if yeah. he keeps if he keeps his performance going. And Dundalk are challenging for the title, and he's snatched away from them. That's going to be that's going to be a hammer blow, especially if they can't recruit someone to his standard to bring in in such short notice. Depending on what way the the league is going around that stage hopefully he does stay on a course with our when our league starts versus when another league starts is two completely different things you know we're, we're still going during the summer whereas you know they're on their breaks and and everything like that so it's going to be interesting to see if, if he does stay but the idea of Stephen Bradley against Stephen Bradley on Friday night is going to be a very interesting watch <laughs> yeah, it's it just the fact that you know Dundalk fans would have heckled Stephen oh, Allen for a number of years, know, it's, it's, and now it's they're crazy. chanting. Now you're chanting Stephen Bradley's name in the crowd. It's just really funny to see it, but um, you know, it, it it is good for the league as a whole that there is that development coming through. To be honest, that you know, young lads are getting their chance, and you know, we've seen the likes of Jack Bourne and Graham Burke who came up in young lads went overseas. They're back now again, but you know, it's it's good that. You know, for I suppose the international team and the clubs as well, that we can have the talent coming through, that the investment is there in the league and everything like that. 
Yeah. I'm um, just going to go through some of the, the first division results. Um, Wexford bet Cove Rammers, which was a good result for them. They needed to, you know, they had a bit of a tough start to their season. So getting a win over Cove in what we regard as a little bit of a derby was good. Uh, Cork, the, the big thing was 5,000 fans in Turner's Cross for uh, obviously the return of JSC and things like that. But my God, that that that's I and uh, as as the phrase goes, and I love Lucy number when it comes to when it comes to attendance records, and um, for Cork City, it just shows that the passion and the and the drive and the fan support is still there. Treaty United in Athlone Town was postponed while Waterford bet Bray Wanderers, so Bray Wanderers, um, kind of didn't ship in as many goals as you know as 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 has been in the previous games. But if you look back on that that game between Galway United and Cork, especially. That was a huge win, not necessarily for John Caulfield as the person, but John Caulfield's side. Oh yeah, you know, I suppose Cork had already gotten their their feet into the league. They'd already played the week previous, so for Galway to come into it, it was like, okay, what can what can Galway show? Can they show? You know, we we've been predicting them to be the top three. I know when you were talking earlier, you mentioned it. You know, there is the top three of Cork, Waterford, and Galway. So it's a case of, right, what way were Galway going to perform? And, you know, to their credit, they did very well. Now, not saying that Cork, you know, let them let them by and said, you know, here here's the goal, you're going to win the game. Cork did put up a good show. And as you mentioned, the support, the support in Cork has always been massive for them over yeah. the years. You know, even when they went into receivership all those years ago, the supporters rallied around it. They got the club back. They became a title winning team a couple of years later. They're They're still strong, even though they've, They've suffered relegation and they're back down in the first division. They're definitely a team not to be taken lightly. They've got the the pedigree, they've got the history of of the sport in the country as a whole. And you know, one that lost to Galway at home. You know, it is tough to take. Your your, your ex manager comes in and and gets the three points past you. Now look, we're only we're only two weeks in. We're going into the third game week now. Cork are still they're still thereabouts. You know, they're still obviously they. They've both played, you know, they played two games, whereas Galway played the one. It's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen this week. Of course, Galway do take on Waterford. So, you know, Galway mightn't get the points there. Waterford are looking strong. You mentioned their performance against Bray. Obviously, Bray didn't concede an astronomical amount of goals. But look, Waterford are looking strong. Cork, to their credit, are still looking strong. It was a tight game at, at Turner's Cross. Cork have definitely made that ground tough to visit over the years. And for Galway to get the three points in their opening night, or their opening weekend of games there is a fantastic, fantastic result definitely for John Caulfield, one that he was definitely anticipating before he went there. Um, we know that Colin Healy has dis- uh, the, the club released a statement saying that he's going to be taking a month or so off and I think just on behalf of all of us, we just want to wish him the very, very best of luck and, and we, we're thinking of him and his family at the moment. Just to go on to the fixtures of match uh, match week four, Drogheda are playing UCD, Shelburne and Derry City. That's going to be a, that's going to be an interesting game. Danny Laverty spoke about it there. St. Patrick's Athletic against Shamrock Rovers. Like, it doesn't get any bigger than that. A Dublin derby and, and the two the two top two teams in the league last year. Finn Harps um, in Ballybuffet against Bohemians, and then uh, on Saturday night, um, Sligo Rovers against Dundalk. You can't look past Pats and Rovers, can you? No, I suppose it's it's another tough challenge for for Shamrock Rovers. You know, even though I suppose they put three past Drogheda the last night, that was still a tough game for them. They haven't had it easy so far. I know UCD went there the opening night and they came home three 0 winners as well, but. 
you know, UCD did put up a fight. A lot of teams have been putting up the fight against Rovers, you know, just because you're they're coming in as as the champions, they're not gonna, you know, if you're a weaker team, you're not just gonna let them buy. And you know, they have put up the dog fight against them. St. Pat's, of course, it is a Dublin derby. St. Pat's and Rovers definitely have that rivalry over the years. So two two different sets of supporters who will will um let their feelings known toward one another when they are are taking each other on and definitely based on St. Pat's recent form, they will want the results and where else to get it than at home against the champions, your local rivals, the team that you want to, you want to overthrow. They are the yardstick, I suppose, in the league at the moment. You know, if you want to perform a bit like Derry last Friday night, you have to take your points against Shamrock Rovers. And definitely if St. Pat's can work it right on Friday night, I can, I can see them, if they can snatch a point from it, I think they'll be happy with it. But they have seen that Rovers are weak in certain areas. They can be beaten. It's just going to be interesting to see if we will see it on Friday night. Just quickly, before before we wrap up with you, Dermot, uh, the first division fixtures of match week three, you've got uh, Cove Ramblers against Treaty United, Galway United versus Waterford, another massive, massive game in the first division. Wexford take on Athlone and Longford to kick off their season. We had Gary Conan on earlier on against Cork City. Um, while an awful lot of focus, of course, will be on Galway and Waterford, two top teams there. Longford are going to be taking on Cork City and uh, Cork will be wanting to go to the Midlands and getting points from there as well. Yeah, d- d- definitely. I suppose when with the result last Friday night, it didn't really help Cork's title chances, to be honest. You know, suffering a defeat at home, you will want to, to go in and, and, you know, make a good of it this week, you know. And I suppose I don't know what way their management team will will be able to to rally the players around depends on, on what way the, that works out you know change a manager can be can hinder a team or, or whatever you know and, and hopefully that you know they can rally the troops and get up and take a performance against Longford of course it'll be interesting to see what way Longford are after last season will we see them a bit more determined a more you know focused team that can go straight back up or whether it might take them a year or two down in the first division to I suppose show what they can do and perform but definitely you know everyone is going to be watching the game on Friday but I think a lot of people will have to focus on Saturday because you know Cork are definitely there thereabouts for challenging for the title but you know Longford could surprise us and Longford could could put them to the sword and we could be seeing Longford you know stating their name to say look we're one of you know if you want to say that these guys are the big three maybe we should be talking about the big four in the league it all depends on what we we can see on Saturday. You know, Gary looks like the kind of manager who knows what he's doing. He knows the players inside and out. So hopefully, you know, they can they can get the result. But definitely, Cork City will be going up to Longford on Saturday with the intent to come home with the three points. Dermot, listen, as always, thanks very much. And I will be speaking to you. I won't be talking to you on Friday. Oh, I'm not sure if we're talking to you on Friday night, but I'll definitely be talking to you very, very soon. But uh, as always, thanks very much. No worries, Valkyrie, and thanks for having me. And that was it. <laughs> And that was Dermot Carney from Final Whistle Duddy. And I'm delighted to be bringing in my last guest, and that's Alana Canan. Alana, uh, you're very, very welcome to the programme. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me, Kieran. Not a problem. Um, what have you made of the league so far? What have been your surprise kind of packages or anything that you've seen around the league that uh, have, have caught your eye or interested you? Yeah, I think as Jeremy said there, it's really um, come to the fore that it's really uh, kind of anyone's anyone's game at the minute. You've seen uh, the first few results, especially like 
Um, people you'd expect to be winning over others mightn't really have come off. And then let's say the likes of Derry beating Shamrock Rovers and then heading into Sligo, you would have expected them to bring the momentum and it just didn't come off. So, yeah, I think that's been the main shock, really. Like, um, just there's no real... Obviously, Shamrock Rovers are, are the ones to beat, but there's no one really kind of emerging that would be outright up the, up there with them, I think. Um, yeah, other than that, then, I suppose the consensus would be, I think people would have thought, as you mentioned earlier in your programme, that Shells have had good performances. It just hasn't really come off for them just yet. I think... Um, Maybe that UCD game the other day would have been would have been a good opportunity for them. But if we're talking about shocks in the league, I think maybe the sprinkler put a rain on their parade in that regard. But then, <laughs> um, apart from that, then yeah, I'd say that'd be the main point for me here on just that it's kind of a it's an, anyone's game at the minute, and it just because you win last match out doesn't mean yeah. that's going to carry over now into the next fixture. Who, in your opinion? Is going to be the 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 real team that's going to title uh, that take on in 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 relation to the Premier Division? Who's going to take on Shamrock Rovers? Yeah, I suppose after that uh, win last Friday, Derry's win. I'd say a few people up the top of the country might have been thinking, "Jesus, maybe this is it now." But um, <laughs> I say, um, in that regard, like you know, as I mentioned just earlier, you you can't really predict how things are going to go at the minute because. I think, you know, Derry have some brilliant players, as everyone knows, and we saw that um, on Monday as well as Friday, and they've made their sign-ins, and, you know, they're like the likes of Will Patching and Jim McGonagall, even Brandon Kavanagh and mm-hmm. Owen Toll even have been brilliant for them, but they just couldn't get over the line to convert um, on against Sligo the other day. Like, as Jeremy said, it was a very congested game, like most of it was played in the middle of the park, but... I think if you are going to go on to challenge the likes of Shamrock Rovers, you have to be able to break through, get through to that final ball and hit it into the back of the net. Um, but yeah, Bar Bar Derry, I think Dundalk as well have been have been looking very very promising, and then I think Pats as well, although they've lost that fixture. Um, I think like Chris Forrester just brings them to another class. I think I think. He's been phenomenal, and I don't see that stopping anytime soon. Obviously, as well, they have the likes of Owen Doyle, who they signed there, who made plenty of headlines, but it just hasn't taken off them yet. So, yeah, as I said, I think it's just everyone's waiting for these few things to come together for them. And when it does, I think, as you say, it can it can really be anyone's game as to who's going to put it up to them. Just to move on to yourself now, you're going to be starting uh, your your own segment now. You're starting the Women's National League uh, podcast, or sorry, video live show here, and then it's obviously going on to a podcast as well. Exciting times in the Women's National League. Now, I just want to say once again, I apologise. I took the lead, I took the title off you last season when it came to reporting. <laughs> I got the shells match, but listen. It, some of the signings have been brilliant this year. I think some of the, I think there's a couple of teams that are really going to challenge for the title this year. But in terms of yourself, um, it's a really exciting time to be involved in women's football in this country. It really is. And, I, and I'm saying that from my own experience of working with the GAA team, that's a ladies GAA team, it, women's sport in general. It's so exciting at the moment. Absolutely. I think everyone realises that it's only on an upward trajectory and long may it continue. But in that regard, too, it's been a long time coming. So I think um, it's no longer about ticking a box that you have to get a women's team. There is that audience there and people want to see it. So I think, um, yeah, it's brilliant to see all the interest 
and that has come to the Women's National League and women's sport, as I say, in general, but in particular, um, the WNL, because the way last season ended, I mean, there hasn't been many seasons like that, I'd say, ever. Like, <laughs> So <laughs> to, to to have that and have it on the scale that we did, as you mentioned there, with TG Cahar and everything, and obviously you had LOI TV coming in, it, it was there for everyone to see, first of all, the quality, but also the dramatics that that is in it and the rivalry that's in it too I think that really that really came forward last year as well like not only between let's say your Dublin derbies or that kind of thing but let's say like Shells Wexford even was was a big match especially in the FAI Cup final you could see it when the the ultras came out in force I think it really added a touch of um competitive and just charm to the game that was maybe maybe lacking in previous years but it's brilliant to see that it's here now and I think it's here to stay as well but do you think also that the fact that there's a standalone cup final, it's not like I remember being in the tunnel in the Aviva Stadium when the game went to extra time. I think Dundalk and Cork were training at one end of the pitch while a penalty shootout was happening at the other. It was, But now that it's standalone, but also the introduction of TG Carr and things like that, it's been fantastic development from there but it shows that it can stand on its own because it does have a projected audience and, and an audience catchment yeah and an ever increasing one at that i think um, there's always debates and arguments you could say edgeways as to whether the likes of that kind of game should take place in the aviva or tala but what you can't debate i think is that there is obviously a growing fan base there and that they are beginning to um, fill these stadiums so it's brilliant that the likes of Tala would would be packed for a game like that and especially as you say it's finally getting the respect it deserves because you know they have their own um, isolated day and their own isolated celebration at that that you know the cup final is um, as big of a spectacle as it is in the men's game I think for in the women's regard so I think um, yeah it's brilliant to see that um, the eyes are finally being met with the quality of the talent that is in the league. Okay. I'm going to give you, I'm going to just put this to you. Who's your surprise package team for this year? Finish it up. Oh, I'm not so much in the Women's National League. Yeah. I'm not so sure. Is it a, is it a surprise package? But I think DLR have really, really impressed me. Um, in the transfer window, they've made, a myriad of signings that will really strengthen strengthen their um what they already had going like an already strong team so i think especially let's say sarah mckevitt like they could really do with someone to put in those few goals for them but they haven't even just strengthened they've maybe even taken a few off other other fledgling teams in the league so i know like it's 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 um nip and tuck in that regard i think but uh yeah dlr i think will really tr be trying to push into that top three um and break it up because it has been that's been the status quo for so long and yeah. i think maybe they'll try and try and push in there listen alana the very very best luck with the show i'll be talking to you during over the next couple of weeks and hopefully we'll have you back on again very soon thanks Aaron. no problem and that was Alana Kunan. I'm led to believe that there is a question to be uh, put up on the screen for me. And do you think that the FAI RT commentators and the League of Ireland clubs will acknowledge that Waterford had changed its name to its original name from United to FC in 2016? 
Listen, um, uh, thanks very much for that, Connor. I'm I'm led to believe that the official name and title of the club is Waterford Waterford FC. It was changed, and I think that um, if if I'm going to be quite honest with you, what needs to happen is that just a, kind of a subtle memo needs to be sent out, just a a, a gentle reminder to, to in order to ensure that when they are talking uh, about Waterford, that they're talking about Waterford and Waterford FC and not Waterford United, because obviously there was a change in the name in order to give it. A a rebranding um so absolutely i completely agree with you that if it's a case that uh, they will have to acknowledge it from the time forward but that's just listen subtle reminder it's all about the optics but thanks very much for your comment connor and that's all we have for today i want to thank uh, gary cronin for coming on from longford town danny lafferty from Derry city and um alana and dearman from final whistle.ie um, i want to thank uh, brefney early who was on producing this evening i've been kieran callan thank you very much and wherever you're going this this weekend to watch your League of Ireland club. Enjoy it. Enjoy every second of it.